the shorts episode. We're gonna put our shorts on and watch some shorts. Volume eleven or twelve, by the way. It's it's maybe even fifty six. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we've been doing a lot of these, and we're gonna keep doing them till we're dead. Isn't that yes, right, Dan? Yes, we are. <laughs> contractually obligated by the government uh hey everybody i'm jared that's dan and um yes today we're going to cover some indie shorts that were sent to us uh we've grouped them all into a lump sum that we will now uh, give to you extrapolate on yes that's right we watched them and now we're going to talk about them so in this type of show you probably heard me say this before but uh we're going to be spoiling the shorts completely and right off the bat because of just the nature of what they are and how short they are so we're going to talk about greg's guardian angel and overcrowded and that was sent to us by greg vorub and he was uh, um, a part of will reading uh will reading yes and uh awesome I'm so fucking stoked. Thank you so much, Greg. I can't wait to talk about those. Matthew Levine sent us Daddy's Wallet. Uh, And he's also the same uh, director who did House to Herself and Miss Freelance. So we're getting some repeat customers Mm -hmm. here, Dan. (laughs) They must must like what we're selling. (laughs) Woo, doggy. You know, I apologize in advance (laughs) for everything I just said. And and then we have... uh, I believe a newcomer. Correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Alexis sent us hybrid hazards, hazards. which is, uh, Ooh, so spooky. Oh, you're going to get killed. So yeah, we're going to talk about all those, right? Meow. Here we go. Dan, I think we agreed that, uh, we're going to talk about Greg first two shorts. Greg's guardian angel. Greg first. I walk into the club. Greg first. Oh yeah. That's what I do. Oh yes, all, all the time. <laughs> Duck Club. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about Greg's Guardian Angel. Dan, what is, what is uh, this? So no. Greg's Guardian Angel is about a man named Greg who... Um, Whoa. I know, right? Slow down. He has a Guardian Angel. <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, what? <laughs> and the Guardian, the Guardian Angel gives him unwanted advice, unwarranted advice. And sometimes it works out in his uh, favor, but eventually it kind of dwindles into bullshittery and it's silly. Dan, we fucked up. We should have done a Guardian Angel bit at the beginning of this episode. It would have been really funny. Oh, we should have. So yeah, how did you how did you feel about this movie? Well, the credits rolled, Jared, right? So we get the we get the the cool animated intro and the credits are rolling, and then I see a name. I see a name, Jared. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that name was? <gasps> Oh, say it loud, say it proud. Timothy my J. Cox. <laughs> Timothy J. Cox, you son of a bitch. He snuck into two movies because he's also in Overcrowded as well. Oh. So crazy. He gets us even when he doesn't submit, he gets us. Oh. And he was also in Miss Freelance, so that tells me that he's in the same kind of metropolitan area as both. The guys who did Overcrowded and Matthew Levine. You're all making great films somewhere in the United States. We're zeroing in on their... We're getting the geotags to eventually we're going to show up at Tim's house. <laughs> like you, you go into my... With chocolate you go and into flowers. My, my, my office here and then on the wall there's just like threads and pins everywhere. <laughs> A shrine? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. almost located Tim and the guys. Uh, we have to crack the code. Uh, 
I, I honestly think that Timothy J. Cox is uh, a deep fake. Oh, no, no, he's a deep fake. He's he's been created by the internet. He's not real. <laughs> he's a tulpa. <laughs> he's a tulpa. Yes, he's okay. Absolutely let's get into a tulpa. let's get into this. All right, all right. <laughs> yes, but we love Tim. We we jest, but we he's he's great. I, I was very pleasantly surprised. He looks young in this. He's so young. He's immortal. He's he's immortal. But you know, it did kind of annoy me because they put like older man makeup on him on his hair. You know, mm-hmm. you spray the hair and you make it like look a little older. They did that for him, and it was distracting. Oh well, your problem, not mine. I, I, I didn't enjoy. So it. here we go. Um, but you you do what you can. It's a very low budget film. Jared, how did you like? Yeah, the Guardian Angel. Uh, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was. No, very I'm talking funny. about the guardian angel himself. Oh, I thought he was really funny. I I, I thought it was great that he had these big glasses on because <laughs> it like, didn't fit what you would think of like a guardian angel. So like he looks very stereotypically guardian angel ish, except for these huge modern glasses that he's wearing. <laughs> And he's like, Greg, you have to use the mustard, Greg, the mustard, or whatever dumb shit he's saying. So he's constantly being like that. You're welcome. And it's it's so over the top. And at first you're like, okay, this is a little silly. And the more the bit goes on, because they take the bit to, to its logical yeah. conclusion, which is what makes it amazing. And it really starts to kick off during the date scene. And the jumping and the cutting back and forth to when, like, he's talking to the ghost or the angel and he's not there. And she's like, what are you talking to? I thought all that was really well done. But, yeah, for a low-budget film, I, I really enjoyed it. Were you laughing during this? What'd you think? Oh, yes. There, there, were, there were quite a few times that I did laugh. Like, there was, they broke the fourth wall and then the angel questioned it. And that was really funny. One of my favorite ones was whenever he's about to get on the bus, he's like, pay with the Canadian money. They'll never know the difference. <laughs> yeah, so good. So uh, he has a bunch of really funny quips. So I did, I did, I was laughing quite a bit throughout. I mean, not too much else to say. I thought it was pretty yeah, well made uh, for a super, and, oh, super ultra low budget. I thought it was really well done. Do you want to say uh, I love the animation at the beginning um, where the title sequence yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Very, very fun. Can you describe it a little bit? Very um, abstract looking, very, like very abstract city, but lots of really bright colors. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're zooming through these still images, right, of the city. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So yeah, Greg's Guardian Angel, I didn't really have any problems with. Overcrowded yes. is the next one we're talking about. I... So in Overcrowded, it's about like these group of friends that all live in a house together and they're all insane. It's kind of like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. But let's get more ins- I guess more insane, I don't know, or just as insane. So it's 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 kind of pitched as a, as a sitcom because you yeah, have Yeah, I like that. You have the introduction song that is composed by them in the first place. Um Dan Conrad, I believe is the one who composed mm-hmm. it. He's either the director or the director of photography. I I don't remember, but um, Dan Conrad, if I'm right, he he was part of Will Reading, and you see a lot of the same players as Will Reading as well. Yeah, it's so fun to see like all the guys again. I'm like, I remember all these guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes me smile. So basically, Overcrowded is a sitcom episode where we get introduced to like four people who live in the same apartment, 
and they get new neighbors and that's kind of the the initial contact of conflict mm-hmm. and it just kind of spirals out of control from there because they're all in the they're all in the the um they're all in the business of making money and they're trying <laughs> to find ways of making money yeah basically. yeah yeah in their own really stupid way yes you have one who wants to sell bonsai trees mm-hmm but he has no idea what a bonsai tree is. <laughs> you have one that wants to join the Yakuza and start an underground gambling ring. Mm-hmm. You have one who already has a job at Dinosaur World, but he wants to be a famous writer. And you have one who um, gets a job because he meets the guy that moves in with him or moves in next door to him. He's like, hey, where do you work, by the way? And then he's like, oh, I work here. He's like, okay. And then he goes and applies there. And Timothy J. Cox is the boss of this insurance company, and he basically lies his way into the job saying that, oh, I know Steven, we've been chums forever, (laughs) and the boss buys into it immediately. Greg's story with him, like, infiltrating the business is the best story. I like that one the most, and then I would say the second one I liked was the bonsai tree shit. I thought that was really, really funny. I didn't really care for the character who's like hitting on the lady. Yeah. Uh, a bunch. I, I've I, like, it was okay. It was pretty good, but it, it just went on for so long. I don't know. It, it really, I felt like it overstayed its welcome. Well, so it's, it's not just that he's hitting on the lady. He has already assumed that they have a relationship. Yeah. And it's the tail end of the relationship. Like they, they <laughs> had a, they had an affair without the affair ever taking place. And he's like, okay, we've been doing this for a year. We can't do this anymore. But they literally just met like six minutes ago. It's a funny premise. I just feel like they kept, they kept hammering away at it. I don't know. I'm thinking in this short that there are just too many characters and too many things going on. Like it's a 40 minute short and it's supposed to be a sitcom. This could have been 26, 30 minutes long. True. Uh, And I feel like it would have fit better with what a sitcom is. Um, and they could have even had like fake commercials in between or I don't know what, but, uh, I love the idea. I thought a lot of it worked, dude, there were some editing issues. Fake commercials would have been um, like with these guys riding at the helm, like unbelievable. I think acting between both of these shorts were good. That's not the issue. Yes. I just think uh, it needs to be tightened up a bit. Tightened up, and yeah, definitely try your hand. Like, make Overcrowded Episode 2 or come up with a different premise for a different show. Do what you do, work your magic, but then also do what Jared said and include commercials. Like, you have to cater to that idea that this is an advertisement, but what you're advertising is either completely stupid or completely disgusting. Like, there's so many possibilities. Absolutely. So many goofy things. Did you have anything else to, to say about these two shorts? So my favorite part of Overcrowded, I think, was the moment where <laughs> Steven comes in to confront everybody because he's he moved in and he's had it up to here with all the stuff that they've been putting him through. And as he goes in, he is just struck with awe at how insane everything is happening around him. Like, you have the one guy, like... He's now a, a, a grand Buddha who he started like, the bonsai tree guy starts a cult, right? Yeah, he indoctrinates these naive girls, and he's like making them say, "Come join us," and just chanting. Yeah. It's like, oh my god! And, and then he has a cereal box on his head, and he's basically almost naked except for in his underwear. Uh, Greg is practicing his 
his company pitch that belongs to Stephen in yeah. the first place. And then Greg sees that Stephen is there and he fires him. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but it's pretty funny. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, all right, I guess you won't be fired. He's like, you got me this time. And you're like, you fucking psycho. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think these guys have a lot of charisma. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really a joy to watch them on screen. Oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. Cause you were like, oh, they should make a sequel. Well, cause this, this film is all over a decade old. Oh. So I don't, I don't know if they're ever going to revisit it, but I think maybe doing something new or similar to it could be cool if they ever decide to like pursue, uh, these films again or keep making them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they were fun. I, I really enjoyed them. Thank you, Greg. Keep making stuff. Yeah. Keep thank you so much. We really me. appreciate it. Uh, uh, Dan, this is probably a sentence you've heard a lot, but we're going to get into daddy's wallet. What do you think, bud? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that quite a bit. So daddy's wallet, daddy's wallet is a little disturbing. Like I was very, very disturbed. (laughs) Well, we won't say a little, it's very disturbing. Like if you let it breathe and you really start to think (sighs) about the implications, it's really vile. This is gross. So Daddy's Wallet is about a guy who has retired. He's old. He's like maybe in his 60s. And um, he has a girlfriend, a little girlfriend, like in her 20s, like that used to work for him as an intern and they would flirt. But the thing is, he's married and he still has the wife Mm -hmm. and he wants to get rid of the wife, but not get rid of the wife. Because he wants to be a really disturbing, gross man. And the wife, well, he tells the wife about the affair. And she's like, how long has it been going on? And he's like, well, a year or two. And then she freaks out. And then he's like, well, what? Do you want a divorce? Do you not want all the money that, you know, you signed the prenup for? Yeah, fucking prenups. And He's like, your free ride's gone if I let you go. So he like he wants to keep her, but then he as soon as he tells her that, like he's been sneaking around behind her back. As soon as he tells her that, he just doesn't give a shit anymore and just invites the girl over while the wife's there. Mm-hmm. And then that girl invites her friends over, and then they have Yeah. Disgusting threesome sex. So we have this old man. He's got his his side girl who he tells that he loves. And then he has these other women that come in and they all have sex. And then he's blackmailing his wife with the prenup thing. Like, if you leave me, you're not going to get any money. So I want you to stay because I also love you. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we don't even do anything in- together anymore, I guess. You're just kind of around to do chores, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. So he's getting drunk and doing a bunch of drugs all the time. Then his daughter shows up. Oh, God. And his this is this is disgusting. <laughs> Their first interaction together is the old man is like vomiting or shitting or something and in the toilet. And then uh, his side piece is like, Daddy, I have to use the bathroom. Uh. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like he makes the girl that he's dating call her call him daddy. And she's the same age as his daughter, which is really disturbing. They bring that up. And he's like, what? You don't want me to be happy? Oh, blah, blah, blah. So then his real daughter comes and knocks on the door and goes, Dad, I need to talk to you. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I want to fucking die. So 
Yeah, it's, it's Matthew nasty. does a great job of making you fucking squirm and just the idea of people calling each other like mommy, poppy, that kind of thing. And, you know, as like a sexy thing, it gets like, oh, it gets really weird. So he's good. He's, he's doing a good job in that regard. So he's blackmailing his daughter because he's like, hey, I want you to go get me drugs. And she's like, no, I'm not going to help you support all this nonsense. And he's like, well, I'm not going to help pay for your college tuition then. And he's like, you're going to be in a lot of debt for the rest of your life unless I pay for it. And I mean, my question is like, how did you feel about how depressing it was just like? It was awful. This was a rough watch. (laughs) It was a rough watch. It just, it kept getting, it kept getting worse. And he is... He's conniving. He's evil. He's nasty. And like the guy who played him was just, oh, he's. Yeah, he's good. He really hit all the beats of, you know, bringing this character to life. And I appreciate it. But like at the same time, I'm like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. And he, he like squirms and, and like he's making all these coffee old man sounds. And there's a jack off scene, a piss scene, <laughs> a vomit scene, and a vomit scene. So this, it's checking all the boxes for an independent film. <laughs> it's got them all there. Now, one thing that I want to bring up yes, is what does he represent? I mean, what is the film called? He is the Daddy's Wallet, right? Yeah, he, the film's called Daddy's Wallet. So this film is really all about money and what money can do to leverage you. And if he is... Um, if he is representative money what does that imply about all the nasty shit that he does right so i don't care where my money comes from i don't need to know about it and i I think that is like really interesting what matt is kind of drawing comparisons to it's like this is what money and power do to people but also you know the people that he's paying don't really like they have to ignore what nastiness mm-hmm. the money is coming from. Like the the whole blackmail thing with his daughter, because that never really gets resolved per se. We know it, it does get resolved because we see him with acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she caves in everyone, everyone caves into his demands. So everyone basically becomes complicit in supporting his terrible things because he's giving them the money. It's like, I'm, uh, I'm funding you. So do whatever I fucking say. It's forcing characters in by proxy us to turn a blind eye to these powerful things that people, you know, get involved with. And I, I don't know. I think it makes a really interesting statement about money and how um, the underbelly of it can be. So it certainly makes you think it's real disgusting. <laughs> it's, it was yeah. hard to watch. It was very well made. That's for sure. I like the end because the main character, daddy, he is like sitting in bed with his women and he's like, you know what? I've had so much fun for a, for a while now doing this, just taking advantage of everyone and enjoying my money in retirement. Um, I think I want to give all my money away. Yeah, I'm just going to give it all away. I feel like that's the right thing to do. And then his little girlfriend's like, um, don't do that. Don't you still want to be with me? And he's like, uh, what does mm, that mean? Don't you love me? Yeah. And she's like, uh, well, you know. Like, what are we, where are we going to live if you don't have any money? 
And that's when he finally realizes, like, oh, if I didn't have money, this girl wouldn't be here with me. And it's like, of course she wouldn't be with you, you fucking old weirdo. <laughs> so then he goes to the bathroom and, like, pisses or, or vomits or jacks off. I don't know. And uh, he's in there. and <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But he, he goes in there and he starts slamming his head against the wall like, I'm so fucking stupid. All this time I thought you know, uh, that these people cared about me and I've basically betrayed all the people who do care about me. Uh, but yeah, it was a great ending. And then he just walks off into the darkness and I'm like, that was a great ending. Yeah. Great ending for like this fucking little creepo piece of shit. Now here's a question. Cause this was a really weird scene to me. So there's one scene, the scene before his daughter confronts him, um, he's laying in the bed with two women. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and he spends the night at his girlfriend's house and his girlfriend has a roommate and they wake up and the roommate is in the bed with them. Like, does that imply that the roommate is only sleeping on the bed or the roommate was involved? She was involved. Absolutely involved with the money. And then they get paid or whatever through gifts or whatever. I would say this is my favorite film of Matthews. Out of the three we watched, I think I like this one the most, even though it was probably the hardest one to watch. Because uh, the main character is so vile. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, uh, Matthew, for sending this to us. Now we will talk about a final film. Hybrid hazards. Beware. Okay. There are hazards nearby. Dan, so please use caution. Hybrid hazards. <laughs> hybrid hazards is very strange. Ah, yes, it is. I'm just going to walk us through it. Okay. I'm not even going to, like, we're going to spoil it as it comes. So we start the film. Dan, take my hand. Take my hand. hand. We start the film with a pretty good song. Like, it's a nice rock and rock song. It's awesome. And it has a female singer, and I love it. I love the music. But the guys that are in the band behind her, I mean, you could have found somebody who knew how to play the guitar. Because they're literally just dancing there and just plucking one string at a time and it's so obvious so i don't know how to play music but i at least knew that those two were not playing music like it was they weren't even pretending i feel like one of them led on too much that he was acting throughout the entire film Mm. like he kind of laughed in some takes i'm like no dude don't laugh yeah um so so wait, wait before you go any further i will say so this is the most low budget of all of them in the movie's defense I will say the singer in that scene, she is a real singer. Mm-hmm. She sings really, really well. I looked her up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's wonderful. I think that's actually her song that she wrote. Um, so it seems like I liked it. they made the song like in a studio or somewhere else in a, in a good recording area and then superimposed it and they were lip syncing through it. Um, I almost wish like they just re- performed it live because I think it would have been way, way better if they just performed the song live. The girl gets a call from her mom during rehearsal and she's like, you need to come down to the warehouse. She turns to her bandmates and says, my mom wants us to go to the warehouse. She might be getting you jobs. And they're like, oh, sweet. We need a job. So they all go to the Wait, warehouse. No, no, uh, hold on. Before they go. So they finish this song. It looks like they're in a classroom and then there's like mm-hmm. uh, like five or six people there. They're listening and they're they clap. They're like, yay, we loved it. And and the song ends and then they just start talking to each other while they're technically on the stage about this like mom. Well, calling. I think it was just yeah, I think it was just rehearsal, though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it was. But it's like you have an audience who's just staring at you while you do this. It was weird. that They were like having a scene where 
all of these people are just staring at them like almost like this weird play they're watching. Uh, it was strange to me. So this film is divided in half. You have the that scene where they are performing, which A plus on the performance in terms of the music. Um, but then they go to the warehouse. And the mom is like, you know, you can't have human friends. And you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. Ooh, the hybrid hazards. They're coming. It's turning into a Goosebumps episode. Uh-huh. Um, Did you think the mom was going to transform? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh, boy, they're a family of something. What are and they? Where, where cat? people wear lions i love it um so they have amazing makeup for being yeah, a low-budget cool. film the... the makeup is awesome they they like prosthetics all over their face they look like they have feline features it's really it cool. was rad um the girls the girls makeup especially because she kind of has like these veins going on it's like oh yes so i think i think what they could have done too uh just to hide the fact that because it, it's they don't cover the whole face. It's just like parts of it. If you want to like mm. kind of cover some of the things you don't want people to see, just have like lower lighting or try to try to use lighting to yeah. your advantage to hide, make it more mysterious of like what these creatures are. Maybe like show them a little better towards the end for like a few seconds or something. But uh, yeah, that's just advice. One of the guys, one of the guitar players, they're all sit they're They all are tasked with sitting on a table. One of the guitar players is like seeing this main girl. So, Mom's like, okay, time to attack. So they they transform. The girl chases her boyfriend, and then the mom chases the auxiliary band member. Auxiliary band member! (laughs) The mom kills the auxiliary auxiliary band member. Brutal. But the girl changes the boyfriend. Turn and face the hybrid hazard. Am I right? Um... So this this short went from like okay that was a fun song to this is fucking awesome I'm having so much fun <laughs> with the special effects uh, yeah no it was a hoot I I enjoyed it how just ridiculous it was it was really silly exactly and I, like I and it. the only the only thing that is detracting from it for for me is just the lack of a narrative mm, mm-hmm. like I feel like there could have been more exposition to tell us a little bit about what's going on or like some character development, like the guy saying, I don't want to be a werewolf. Yeah. So there's no character development. Some of the acting was not very good. Let's just be fair. I mean, location shots. You're like, ah. I mean, they did what they can. So it, it, yeah. this, this film was very rough, but I still found enjoyment out of it. Absolutely. No, I did too. Cause the song was good. And I thought just the, the craziness of the uh, special effects and people getting murdered. I always love a good murder. Now, another thing I'll say is, where's the blood? We need some blood here. Come on. You're going to murder some people? You can, you can buy some fake blood. You got, you got fake prosthetics on your face, but you didn't, no fake blood? Turn, Come on. To the ne- you didn't turn to the next aisle in the Halloween Come superstore. And- hey, we've all been there. Me and Dan were right there with you making films like these. And, but you got to get that blood. You gotta make I the- always had blood. I, I had blood when we didn't even need blood. <laughs> yeah, Dan's I had a whole control. gallon of it. <laughs> Dan drinks it like Kool-Aid. He's a, he's a psycho. But all right, awesome. Those are all the films. Thank you so much for submitting. We really appreciate it. Uh, Dan, why don't you do some plugs, baby? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at NeedFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at NeedFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheNeedFilmReview at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. 
three tiers, $1 if you love us, $2 if you really love us, or $3 if you really love us, and $5 if you are a filmmaker and want to give us $5 to get your film boosted up onto Boosted? Boosted up onto a smaller list. That's right. And that smaller list is um, not six to seven months. It's more like two weeks. Yeah. Very fast. As of now. Dan... Do you think we should induct Greg into our uh, Indie Film Review Hall of Fame? I feel like he's like yes. one. I feel like he's so close. But if okay, all right, I'm getting a yes. I'm getting a yes from the judges. Uh, yep, I think we're. Well, gonna... I mean, he he. We've had three films with him. You're it, right. You're and right. He's the one that contacted us, so that's going for all right. It, okay. He 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 initiated contact. First contact. He <laughs> <laughs> he has had three films, so it's. He's he's in the big leagues with Mr. Cox. Hell yeah, you're up there with the big boys. Be proud. Be proud. Ooh, what an achievement. <laughs> Put that on your resume. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for listening so much. I really appreciate it. Go check out the necropoticon.com. Uh, click on the link to the Darscord. And uh, you can come hang out with us and chat. I've been posting uh, watercolors, poorly done watercolors I've been making. Uh, I'm, I'm learning how to do watercolors right now, but it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. Um, but yes, thank you all so much again. Uh, Dan, you have the final word, bud. One day, <laughs> one day I'm just going to be here and I'm going to pull off my mask <gasps> and I will be Timothy J. Cox. <laughs> no! Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.